Hi, thanks for joining. This is a Seeking Sustainability Live bonus track. This month, between World Oceans Day on June 8th and Japan's Ocean Day called Umi no Hi, this year on July 22nd, I'm doing an extra focus of interviews and cleanups during this six week period to really focus on ideas for beach cleanups, river cleanups, and how we can stop the flow or ease the flow of plastic pollution in our waterways. In this episode, I have a chance to talk with Sophie Neville. Sophie Neville is in the UK. She's an actor, a writer, a producer, who was a child actor in a film called Swallows and Amazons. Later on, she wrote a book about her experience on the film, and she often appears on UK television. What attracted me to Sophie was her passion for litter picking. She has a fantastic blog on sophieneville.net where you can see beautiful pictures of horrible things that she picks up from the beaches. But here she says, be a litter hero and turn the tide on plastic pollution. Day by day, we'll get there. I love her positivity and the fact that she doesn't seem to give up even though she says she's been doing it for so long and it's such an overwhelming problem. In 2020, she was named Beach Picker of the Year in the UK and she has so many great insights which we can apply to our cleanups in Japan and anywhere around the world. So please enjoy this episode. Sophie Neville, welcome to the show. I love your beautiful pictures of horrible things. <laughs> but, but you have such a wonderful, positive perspective on all the horrible rubbish and litter that you collect. Tell us a little bit about uh, where you are and how you got started on this adventure. I live on the south coast of England, so I live on the Solent, which is the seaway that goes to one of our major ports, Southampton, and I've been walking my dog along that Solent shore for about 16, 17 years, and when I first came here, when I got married, the whole shore was multicoloured with plastic and bottle tops and broken glass. It was like a rubbish dump. And I began collecting it. And to begin with, there was so much, it was really disheartening. But now I'm just getting a bucket full every week. So things are changing. Um, and it's been really fascinating to see actually what could be found um, on the Solent. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I, I hear you and I empathize with that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I do monthly cleanups and it's so mm. easy to feel overwhelmed mm. and just what am I doing? Why do I bother? Nobody else is doing it. You know, like how do you keep going? How do you keep finding the motivation to pick up other people's waste? <laughs> well, the truth is lots of other people are doing it and uh, we're in the new forest national park here. So the shoreline is the national park. It's also the, the Crown Estates, it belongs to the Queen, 
um, from the high tide um, to the low tide mark. It's a unique environment. Um, I'm the only one going out there, uh, which is probably good because it's a delicate um, and very sensitive habitat. There's bird life nesting birds. There's one other person who um, I sort of overlap with at a certain stretch where there's a beach with public access. But in our national park, there are 1,300 volunteers um, for the, they're called litter pickers of the new forest. And I'm an ambassador for Keep Britain Tidy. And we've got hundreds of thousands of volunteers that they're wonderful. They go through the parks, through the towns, mainly um, picking up litter. Uh, also tackling the burges, but of course, burges by a lot of roads, roads are, are too dangerous. Um, it's too dangerous to, to pick up litter along the highways. The council and the highways have to close those roads before we can go out with our litter pickers. But I, I live right here on the tidal estuary. And it is important, I think, to make sure that our seas are clean. They're we're getting not just full of plastic but really really serious things and a lot of it's to do with fishing so i joined the marine conservation society and they um ask the litter pickers to classify what they find so for instance now bear in mind that this these things have been um cleaned and they've been in the salt water so i'm not too revolted by them but we find an awful lot of these um they're disgusting. These are plastic tampon applicators. Hmm? Oh, totally that's gross. Oh, uh, my goodness. To be made out of plastic. I mean, I, they should really, they, I, if they haven't stopped manufacturing them, they really must do because people flush them down the loo. So these are indicators that sewage is going into the Solent. And it's just not one or two things. It's lots. Um, this is another indicator. These are all plastic cotton bud stalks and I find thousands of them and they're really fiddly to pick up and they break um, but these are indicators uh, of sewage as well people flush them down the loo and they're stopping manufacturing them out of plastic now but I mean there's just so many in the environment um, and I've kept them in a jar really just to whoopsie hang on show other people um, so I just do this for um, educational purposes and keep them. But I have made some artwork. Um, but really what's more important, oh, here we have um, plastic straw. We're, we're zoning those out in, in the UK. Um, normal litter. So one of the classifications is sewage. One is just litter. And I never mind finding things that people have um, uh, dropped by mistake. Like you find quite a lot of babies' dummies. Here's one. Um, uh, don't know what that is. Um, then the other classification is fishing um, items, um, detritus from fishing. And I find a lot. So about 30% of everything I pick up is, is fishing related. This is a kind of toggle or float. It might have come off a yacht, actually. Um, uh, stuff that comes off boats. But I mean, I've got lots of these jars. This is just a random find. Here we've got fishing line. And of course, it's there to kill. And with ordinary plastic like this, which um, the wildlife um, can also get harmed by. Look, there's a, a little picnic knife. What else have I got in here? How um, long have you been doing it, Sophie? Well, um, 
there you go. You can see that's anglers' um, yeah. line, but a lot of it's commercial fishery. Um, so I've been doing it, uh, well, all my life, but uh, I started here about 16 years ago because it was just there. And then nearly three years ago, I made a concerted effort to go out every day, every day I could. And the reality was um, uh, that last year I only went out for 150 days because it was stormy or because I broke my arm, actually. Um, or I had work commitments or was not at home. But 150 days a year is quite a lot. It's about... Oh, um, my gosh. That is so impressive. I, I've been doing for the last few years once a month, and yeah. I feel like that's a lot. But <laughs> well, I, then I met, I saw a guy in Africa who's also doing it every single day, and he's making it into a kind of business. Uh, Derek here is asking Bioli River. So the name of the river is the Solent and it's it's the strait between Europe and the UK. Is that right? No. I'm showing it. It's, no. It's not a river. It's It looks a bit like a big river. It's not. It's tidal. It's sea. It's part of the English Channel. Um, and it's between the mainland of the UK and an island off the coast called the Isle of Wight. Okay. Uh, and it's all in one county, actually, the county of Hampshire. And I actually live on the Limington River, which is a small river going into the Solent. So I live on the, 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 the tidal estuary. And the, the thing about the Solent is there's not much wave action. So any broken glass, it doesn't get, um, it doesn't get worn down. It stays as broken glass. So it can harm wildlife people's dogs, people's children. And there's a lot of it, a lot, a lot, a lot. I haven't been able to take my dog uh, along some of the sections. Yeah, the glass, the glass is something we don't, I'm, I'm cleaning on an inland sea. So it's in the middle of Japan. It's not open to like waste from other countries. It's just Japanese mm. waste. Uh, we don't find a lot of glass. Um, but it looks like you find glass quite often, and it's often broken glass. Uh, mm. You you had some interesting stories about a dry jar being used by a mouse. So you let you let that be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if it's not dangerous, right? Well, that was actually a a milk, old milk bottle. They've got quite wide tops um, that that we used to have on on deposit return, as it were. You know, we used to get daily milk deliveries in these bottles and then they were washed up and reused and I that, is, that is a shocking thing because because I always say reusable is so much better but of course if it's reusable and it's well-made glass it's also going to be in the waterways for a very long time and it could break mm -hmm. right yeah I find quite a lot just from local dairies um I find quite a lot of the old deposit return corona bottles as well uh, because, yeah, they are tougher, so they do last. And they do trap animals. We find quite a lot of dead um, rodents in, in bottles. But what I find extraordinary is the amount of glass bottles that are thrown from moving vehicles. And I also do the lane going, going along the river here. And it's, there's a lot of it's, it's alcohol abuse. There's a lot of cans of drink and there's a lot of um, bottles, heavy bottles of alcohol that are thrown from moving vehicles and often high moving vehicles. You can tell from the angle or if they've got over a hedge into a wood. 
So they're being thrown out of lorries and vans, presumably while people are working or at the end of the working day. But it's evidence that people are drinking and driving um, and they don't care about their waste. So they're throwing it into the nature reserve uh, or Bluebell Woods. Monitoring it, um, it should be, I think, there should be uh, very heavy fines. I think what should happen is that you should have points taken off your license, like nine points. If I have my dog loose in my car without a self-safety belt on him, I could get nine points off my license. If I'm transporting a canoe on my roof rack and it fell off, off by mistake, even though I put it on properly, I get three points off my license. But if I fly tip, Oil, I've just found two full gallon cans of, of, of used oil in the nature reserve. If I fly tip, there are penalties if you're caught, but I don't think I get any points taken off my license. Wow. So I can say, oh, that canoe, I was just fly tipping it. I had to get <laughs> rid of that canoe. <laughs> so all these things that I find, um, oh, goodness, <laughs> It, the is that quantity, a toy? I don't know what it is. I presume it's a toy. I find quite a lot of toys. Um, but really the fishing has to, is the, is the big problem. Now we find a lot of this. Do you know what that is? To my oh. horror, I find out they're calling it a sea kiss. Sea kisses, these are. They're not kisses. These are people, pieces, little pieces of PVC fishing net. And apparently what happens is that the trawlers use this PVC netting. It's quite small, the, 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 the size. And when it gets torn, they don't mend it. They have machines on board on the, on the vessels that um, chop it up into small pieces. And then they chuck the small pieces into the sea. And these are washing up all the time, every day. Every day I find a few. Um, because it's cheaper for them to discard the pieces at sea rather than bring back the nets or the pieces and discard them responsibly. And this has really, really got to stop. It's got to be deemed illegal in the world, because otherwise, I mean, they're shooting themselves in the foot. The fish are going to eat these pieces or the microplastics resultant when they break down. And we're not going to be able to eat our fish. And if I can take the camera outside, I can show you. I found fluorescent light bulbs washed up on the Solent. Oh, now, these no. are being chucked off ships, possibly chucked off trawlers, because um, I don't think they're British, actually. Um, but so I don't think they're from landfill sites. Now, these fluorescent light bulbs, and they're like a metre long or half a metre long, apparently if they break, they pollute... 30,000 litres of water. They've got mercury in them. Our fish are just going to imbibe mercury. And you, if you give your child a fish, that child is going to be poisoned. So people are already saying, don't eat fish because you're eating elements and, and chemicals that you don't want and, in your body. And plastic. Uh, Rob, Rob has joined from Maidstone. Thanks for joining, Ooh. Rob. Yeah. We have a few people from the UK joining. Uh, you... You are able to document and share your stories. 
Um, and some of the plastic you find is actually very interesting and over mm -hmm. 50 years old, like mm -hmm. some of the antique plastics. Mm -hmm. You can yeah. see the brand and the brand is no longer made anymore. I found that really interesting. Lots. Um, I think especially on the solar, because the, there's no wave action. So these fluorescent light bulbs and ordinary light bulbs wash up. Okay? And uh, things aren't broken down so much as if you're on the Atlantic, when you only get the sort of heavy plastics. Um, you'll get things like bottles of bleach and domestos. We'll get 25 litre things of bleach that have been used as boys by the fishermen. Um, you know, mooring boys for, for lobster pots and things like that. But I mean, these plastics, they're not going to let me show you this. They're not going to break down easily. Um, and then what we've also got is a lot of bird nesting birds out on the mud flats. And, and this happens. Now, this is a bit of a, like a takeaway food container, but it looks just like a cuttlefish. We have a lot of cuttlefish and the birds eat the cuttlefish shells, um, you know, the, the backbone and part of it because it's rich in calcium and you can see here that the birds have been pecking at this polystyrene thinking it is a cuttlefish shell and I find this a lot really sad actually um, I don't come across injured birds I come across dead birds I haven't been looking in their stomachs but I'm sure that they're getting some of this into their system I certainly find we have wild ponies on the Solent and um, grazing there and I certainly find a lot of plastic that's been through their systems and quite big things like it says actually here please recycle me well a pony has eaten this and it's come through their body okay it's a wild pony that should oh be grazing goodness. naturally on the New Forest National Park and we also have cattle um, free grazing and the cattle are eaten the, the beef cattle and donkeys um, and, and deer so our larger mammal species are eating some of this. I've pet pulled some fishing line out of a wild horse's mouth while it was grazing. Um, what else have we got in here? You Old also said you find a lot of clothesline pegs. Yeah, a lot of clothesline pegs. Don't know why. I don't know if they come off yachts or what. Um, I find a lot of... It's funny. Do you know what? I find a lot of cigarette um lighters mostly yeah. what i find are things that are bad for people so tobacco products or related things like cigarette lighters um drug related um litter a lot of those nos containers you know nitric oxide containers um and lynx africa is a deodorant for men or a perfume for men or aftershave for men we find a lot of those in the forest People are sniffing them. They're sniffing the product and then they discard the can. Um, tins of overcarbonated fizzy drinks. Just this morning, I went out and um, cleared the causeway going over the Lymington River. So this is where the river's tidal. And I found overcarbonated fizzy drinks thrown from a high vehicle. The delivery drivers who've been so wonderful during the pandemic and during lockdown, they've kept going by drinking Red Bull and... Um, uh, drinks that aren't really good for them and then the can goes out of the river. I find McDonald's wrappers here all the time. Our nearest McDonald's is about a half an hour drive away. These, these takeaway food containers travel in the vehicles and then they get to the river and they think, this is where 
my takeaway food container, my polystyrene or my plastic should be thrown. People um, have an attitude that the river or the sea is a dustbin, is a viable dustbin. So they come all over the heath, all through the national park, come down the hill, they see the river, and then that's where they throw their litter from their car. Um, they also lose things like these reflectors. Um, oh, wow, yeah. So uh, what else do I find? Uh, lots of sweetie wrappers, biscuit wrappers, a lot of over-sugared food. You know, sugar is um, a drug. It's a recreational drug, if you like. It, it's more addictive, apparently, than cocaine. And so a lot of sweetie wrappers, chocolate bars and things like that, they then get thrown as, as, as litter, as trash. And I, I find them washed up on the seashore. Um, one of, the, one of the things that I wanted to comment on, because it's something we find a lot of as well, is the plastic food wrappers, like uh, bread wrappers, which are plastic or sh small shopping bags, is all perfectly, beautifully knotted up. And then you yes. find it in the water. So we we yes. often find like uh, bento containers, like a lunchbox container and a plastic drink bottle. And it'll all be beautifully tied up in a plastic bag. And then we'll find it in the river. And you're like, okay, morning, what? <laughs> I found a wrapper and it was knotted neatly and then thrown in the tidal river. And uh, there's a guy who, or someone who uses my local lane here running by the um, uh, nature reserve. I know what he has for breakfast every morning. He um, has cider, tins of cider for breakfast. And the ciders come in a yellow wrapper and they're all knotted and flung into the nature reserve every single day. That guy's got a problem, Ace. He or she is going to work on cider on alcohol and at the wheel of a van that's quite high that's what i can tell that's the evidence wow. and the it, are you sorry, are I you along stolen, stolen stuff as well yeah are you along a shipping lane because you you sometimes mm. talk about finding like a whole case of adult diapers that was a shock oh gosh um that was in the river I thought I found a dead body actually because it it moved. Oh, or, oh I, my god! Really shocking. Yes, the adult diapers. Um, they they were actually new. They weren't soiled. Um, they were discarded in the river. I suppose people are embarrassed or ashamed, so they don't want to put it out with their domestic rubbish. And they took these products down to the river and put them in the river, and they swelled with water. So they were really heavy for me to shift yeah. and and lugged to my car and the plastic had been there for some time so it kept oh, it was awful it kept splitting again blah, 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 blah. and and, and the the chemical inside just keeps soaking in water so we actually do find adult diapers in the river in japan too sometimes yeah. it is just shocking how does it end up there <laughs> I don't know. And we often find babies' um, diapers. And in England, um, you're meant to put your dog poo in a little plastic bag and knot it and take it home and dispose of it responsibly. But people don't like carrying dog poo in plastic bags. So they leave it. So this morning on the flood defence gates, I found a dog poo in the flood defence gates right by the tidal river in its plastic bag. 
and it was like left there for someone like me to pick up um as if i'm employed to do this um it was the tidal defense barrier was being used as what they call a virtual bin bin so people who've studied why people um uh throw litter and who throws litter people love a virtual bin which could be a a part a plant a planter um or they like putting things behind uh, telephone boxes or the equivalent so if something looks like a bin if it's got a little concave bit people will put their rubbish in it it's really peculiar yeah. actually uh, rob 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 has a good yeah, Rob has a good point here. Governments must take action by changing the law on plastic use. If they don't, there's not enough incentive for users to change habits. I think that's true. Plastic is cheap. It's too easy to buy and it's too easy to throw away with no penalty. There, there should be some cost, like some extra tax on plastic, which is the most damaging too easy. Uh, you yeah. also showed uh, an open knife. Yeah, you... I find weapons and stolen goods like iPhones or laptops or empty jewelry boxes. Um, so litter pickers will come across these things. I'm a bit worried about finding bones. <laughs> I do. Oh my <laughs> goodness! Look it up. Is it a cow bone or is it a human? <laughs> 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 oh my gosh um, that's crazy and it's it's hard um here's something that's been through an animal a little but what distresses me more of course is when the plastic chokes the animal and uh, put it around their neck so the reason why we're doing this is well, we're doing this for the planet but we're also doing it for our wildlife here's some more plastic that's um highly eroded i don't know if it's been through an animal or not but um it does that and we've got to change our habits and we've got to change our habits first i think the most the most serious um industry the, the industry that's got to really get their act together are, are, are the fishing industries and the anglers i find uh, so much stuff because they're leaving killing machines in the water you know and it doesn't just get the the fish tangled up or the wildlife. This gets in your children's feet, you know, in your dog's paws. Um, there's three hooks on this one bit of, of, of line. Um, but we've got to do it. And it's changing everything. If you look at children's diapers, when I was a child, we had Terry nappies. And I was potty trained when I was 18 months old now. Because nappies are so good. People aren't training their children until they're three and a half. They're not out of those nappies till they're three and a half. So that's more than, well, that's twice as long as me. And what's that doing to the children? Their bodies aren't, um, they're not getting control of themselves early enough. So there's all sorts of implications. Plastic is too cheap, too accessible. And people have used it to make, packaging more and more of a thing more and more as a sort of advertising selling thing and it's backfiring on us i find crisp packets that are 30 years old i love crisps but they're in such amazingly beautifully engineered um packets 
those packets just aren't going to break down because they've been made to last. And last they do. And uh, our descendants are going to be absolutely horrified because they're going to say, but where did all the fish go? Why did these species die out? How could you have done it? How could you use gas to, to, to heat outside areas so people could smoke outside? It's like madness, really, what we're doing. Really yeah. bad. You know, I think so. I, I mean, there there has to be incentives, but there has to be penalties, right? There has to be incentives for companies to change. Um, there has to be penalties for not changing because we yeah, know this is a problem. A whole culture has to change. So every almost every day I find a helium balloon washed up on the shore. Uh, helium is a finite resource. We need it for... Uh, heart operations and things like that and yet people are buying these balloons for their children who let them go and then off they go into into the environment and that helium's lost forever i don't know what, how we replenish it it you can't it's an element yeah rob has a good point uh, bamboo can be a good sustainable alternative to plastic in many cases from small scale right through to construction uh we see this in japan how um, bamboo baskets bamboo hats bamboo mats everything used to be made from bamboo and when they stopped making everything from bamboo um, the bamboo went wild and now is taking over the forest and taking over people's houses. But when it was used, even for food, Japanese people would eat bamboo shoots as well. Um, and it's a great resource if we use it well, and it could definitely take the place of a lot of plastic. We just need to go back to some of these solutions we used to have, right? Would you like me to take the camera outside? Yeah, would you? I'd love that. Um, some of my, my things. Right, I'm going to reverse this. Um, so there'll be a bit of a pause here. Okay. As, um, just uh, go outside. How's the weather today? Is it getting warmer there? Yeah, it's warming up. We had sea mists, um, quite interesting phenomena um, yesterday and this morning, but it's burning off and we're expecting a nice weekend. Um, oh, nice. Have we lost you? Are you still there? Are you there? Can you see me now? Uh, not yet. Hi there. Have, you lo have I lost you? Uh, I can see your shadow. Um, you're picking me up. Can we see the gravel? Yes. Can you see me walking now? Yes, yes. Uh, okay. Let me um, so this isn't a beach, this is where I live, but I just did a display really of some of the um, plastic that I found. So here we go. This is my garden. So can you see that? This is some of the um, fishing product. The, wow. The litter caused by fishermen. Can you see that? So I don't mind picking up these fenders and boys. They've accidentally fallen off boats or they've come loose. Um, these boys here that they they mark lobster pots you know uh -huh. um, but I find a lot of them but this is the kind of fishing netting that I find so all this green PVC netting they're catching quite small fish like mm -hmm. herrings and mackerel um, if I put my finger next to it you can get some idea of the scale 
And yeah. this is what um, it gets used extensively and then chopped up at sea. I'm not sure what this is from, but I think it's some sort of crabbing. Um, and then I find other detritus. Now, um, if you see this, and you see that fishing, you need to look it up for me, but that comes from foil fishermen. Uh, it might have come a long way. Mm -hmm. I find these buckets that have come off boats, and I use them to wow. collect more trash. Here's an old bottle that was in a deposit return scheme. Um, now here, I've put the, um, some insulation material on them. But this is one of the fluorescent tubes that I found. Oh my goodness, um, you find a lot of those? Well, I think I found three, an extraordinary, washed up in the same place at about the same time every year. Now, I've put that bit of... Um, uh, grey insulation foam that I also found washed up round it just to keep it intact but I found it without that and here's another one that I found can you see so those oh, are two yeah, other I can see it. that I found but here's a table and here's an ordinary light bulb that I found that's one of our light bulbs that we use wow um, um, and actually the filament isn't broken. I said to one of my friends, shall I see if it works? <laughs> Been floating around in the sea. Um, now, here are some of the cans that I would have found washed up on the seashore. And some of the plastic bottles, you can see they're very elderly. Oh, flip-flops. And those are the non, these are the deposit return milk bottles that we used to use in England about 30 years ago that I found washed up on the shore. Um, Here's some of the Lynx Africa um, that the druggies sniff. And here's some old crisp packets. We find an awful lot of them. Um, you can just tell by the design how old they are. They'll wow. have a sell-by date, so I, I can tell. But these ones are too old. You, you, can't, um, you can't just see. But we find endless wrappers. Now, I find so many of these cigarette um, masses Lighters. and masses masses of wow. lighters i find um a lot of cartridges from wild fowling i find a lot of um tools like this um saw i found oh. about three or four yeah you know, workmen use them and then they discard them but mostly oh it's sort of uh, little things like this these are the kind of um angling fish hooks i find i find quite a lot um more fishing line um, we've talked about pegs. Uh, I don't know why I find so many whistles, but I find quite a lot of whistles and things from from life jackets. And then over here are things that people have accidentally dropped. Here's a helium balloon. They're quite big. Um, and some stolen items. I find a lot of tennis balls. This is really, really irritating things I find. Can you see these? You know what those what is, are? What is that? No. Oh, they're really maddening. They're difficult to carry back from the beach as well. They're tent posts. They're, they're carbon fibre oh. from when people are illegally camping. And then they take their tent home, but they leave the posts or they throw them into the prickly bushes. A lot of the stuff, like, um, I haven't got many bottles here, but I do collect a lot of bottles. They've just gone off to the recycling. Um, they're chucked into prickly bushes so it takes me ages to get them out of the bush so people use 
um, blackthorn bushes and um, other bushes as bins. It's really, really, really irritating. And the, the, the bushes are, are thorny. So they tear the plastic bags that people's picnics have been left in and makes it even more difficult. I wish they would just leave it on the beach. But they're kind of ashamed of themselves, so they sort of hide it or throw it in the water. Um, so there we go. I mean, this is just um, stuff that I've kept for talks. I, this is what I've managed to pick up today. Here's my little picking stick. And this is just... Um, a few things that I managed to um, collect this morning, but it's typical. What do we got here? We've got a mask, and I've got a whole collection of, of masks that I found washed up on the shore here. Oh my goodness, uh, look at that. Yeah, um, uh, people have made some of them actually, um, and some have been purchased, and um, otherwise they're the disposable ones, but. Um, We've got a big, also I find quite a lot of these blue plastic gloves. So we call that PPE um, as well. I found two or three of those today. Um, I found, this is like cling film, really awful. Um, here's one of these carbonated drinks, another PPE glove. Um, someone's child wet their knickers in that. Um, plastic bags and then this was my dog poo I collected this morning in its black plastic bag you can see this is seaweed you know I was in the estuary actually in the estuary I'll put that on my flower bed um <laughs> and then this really distressed me because my father um was um he loved inventing things and he can you see what I'm looking at can you see it that? It looks like a piece of wire. It's 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 black. Yeah, I'll put it on the grass there. Okay, these are cable ties. And someone used this to, just to pin up a notice, an advertising notice. And then they, when the show was over, they just cut the cable ties and they leave them on the pavement, but like right near the estuary. And I've seen council workers chuck these things into the estuary. These were initially developed by my father, cable ties, um, in the UK. And he would just be so devastated and upset to know that they are littering the entire world. Um, so people use the design for cable ties. They're used um, by scaffolders all over London, all over the place. I found them in the desert in the um, um, in the Emirates, and they are they get everywhere and they get into the sea. And my father would be so distressed. He. So, the initial designs of glass fibre-hulled boats. And he said, you know, they were so excited. And he went out um, with a photographer to photograph the first glass fibre-hulled boat that was um, put together on the west coast of Ireland. And then they set up a workshop in London um, to uh, develop the products. And he said, we never thought what would happen to glass fibre-hulled boats when they reach the end of their lives. So every day I come across a kind of rotting glass fiber hull that no one wants to deal with, that no one um, is prepared to take away. It's very difficult. I certainly can't move them myself. You need trailers and things like that. So I really think what we're going to need is we're going to need, you know, horses in the UK have to have pass 
sports. When the horse dies, the authorities have to be notified and the horse has to be, um, the, the carcass has to be disposed of responsibly. You can't just leave a dead horse lying around. And the same needs to be, apply to, to boats. From small eight-foot um, rowing boats to yachts and, 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 and larger vessels. They're just left along the waterways of, of England. You go down the canals That's or the rivers. crazy. River. I can't believe that yeah. they're allowed to do that. It seems like they would have to have a registration, that they would have to prove that it was either given to the right waste authorities or recycled in some way. You have to do that for a car. You can't just leave a car anywhere, right? I think you can. Oh, you can? Um, <laughs> yeah, on your own property. And you might get... Oh, right. Yeah. Sometimes uh, you do see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of moorings you have to pay for. So that's a lack of incentive. But I can tell you, along the Solent, there's quite a few um, rotting boats. I don't know much about it, actually. I don't know about the regulations. So please don't quote me. Uh, it's just an observation. It's my observation that sort of so, Sophie, if you wanted to get rid of, of some of the waste that you pick up, do you just mm. put it out with your regular garbage or do you have to take it to a special place to get rid of? Okay. Um, myself, what I do is when I get home, I divide the uh, bottles and the cans that can be recycled, these old cans, they can't be recycled. They've had it. I don't, I've been told they can't be recycled. Um, uh, just incidentally, you can see how old that can is. Looks and really old, yeah. Like, yeah. It's like 40, but a very early can. And incidentally, I find a lot of cans on the Solent that have never even been opened. I find a lot of stuff that's never been opened. Anyway, I try to recycle the cans and the plastic. I definitely recycle all the glass and the broken glass. Um, but a lot of the wrappers and things like this, I, it's not a huge volume for me. So I put it out in my domestic rubbish. But if I'm cleaning, um, if I walk into town and collect litter on the way, then I'll use one of the bags I found and I'll put it in a litter bin because that shows the council that this is litter. And it, it's sort of highly picking up little bits, but it, 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 it's what we have been advised we should do rather than take it, take it home. So if we find litter on the street, I put it in the litter bin. But the problem is I'm finding a lot of cans and I think, oh, I ought to take them home because if I've put it in this litter bin, I don't know if they'll be recycled. And in England, all the local authorities are different and people get very confused about what we can and can't recycle. And my husband thinks that you can recycle this. You really can't. It, try and persuade him that this can't be recycled, darling. It's full of earth and sand and stuff, and it's just going yeah. to contaminate the whole, the whole load. Um, uh, so, yeah, what I do with um, these things is I give them to friends or uh, we, we have a boat um, jumble. I mean, I could give some of these things. They're fine. I could give them back to the fishermen. But other things like this are broken, and I'm afraid they go to landfill. See, it's, it's lost its thing. Um, I made one, actually, into a child's swing. Um, <laughs> they, sometimes they can be repurposed. Um, or I give them to yachtsmen if, if they're decent. 
Um, and I'm on the crew of a boat that we row for charity. So the nicest ones are going to her. So, nice. um, and then sometimes I, if I get a crate, where's this come from? Stored away. <laughs> right. That's come all the way from the Outer Hebrides, that bit of plastic. Um, but they often have the writing on them. So I contact the co-op and say, what do you want me to do with your crate? But they have proved quite useful, these crates, for like taking broken glass to the um, recycling and things like that. So I'm, I'm not grumbling too much about the, the fishing crates. Sophie, but it just shows how far they floated. Yeah. Sophie, is there any support for people like you who are volunteering cleaning up beaches or riversides? Uh, is there any local council that'll give you materials like gloves or bags to pick things up and take it after your cleanup? Is that happening in the UK? Uh, yeah, some councils are very good and they work with volunteer litter picking groups and they're really supportive, especially when they're doing road verges. It's it's really difficult. They need, we need the councils to close roads or to and to collect up all the bags. I mean, some volunteer groups collect thousands of bags a year or some individual the solo litter pickers collecting like four 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 hundred and fifty to a thousand bags of litter a year that's really impressive i mean wow. it's a huge huge amount um uh litter pickers of the new forest we get sponsored by local businesses who provide us with vests and the litter pickers you saw my litter picker where is it you can't see it now here it is. Your, yeah, that's a very fancy tongs. Um, I like that. I've, and actually, I use an old boat hook that I found to get under some bushes. And um, I've got an old litter picker that works really well. So um, I, they've offered me more. But it's quite nice to have one for a friend because it's really good to go litter picking with one friend um, for safety reasons because you can get stuck in the mud or... Uh, you, you might come across some suspicious character or something yeah, like that. That's, that's really good advice. Do, so do you have any other advice for people who might want to pick up some litter? Like, do you always wear gloves or do you have, you often have your bucket for broken things. Is that right? Yeah. I like using this bucket. People use black plastic bags, but I like this bucket because um, it can take the broken glass and, it, it gets quite heavy. It weighs about four kgs when full. Now, this morning I only picked up, what, about 20 things. But normally that bucket will contain about 260, 250 pieces of, of microplastics, you see, little things mm. that are very time consuming to pick up. Um, I keep a, a counter, actually, sometimes. I've got it. It's got a little clicker. And I just click on the counter to take a record of, of what I pick up. And then I post it on social media so that we've got a lasting running total. It's, it's much easier now. We've got iPhones and uh, can, can use Twitter and uh, WhatsApp groups and things. Um, as far as safety is concerned, um, I, I, tell, I used to pick things up by hand, um, which I didn't mind doing on the coast. But I, people say, always use your litter picker. It's difficult for the really fiddly little things. But I don't want to, you know, touch things like masks um, yeah. or PE. Um, so I always use the litter picker now. Um, 
you you have to use gloves when you're doing um, things like housing estates and anywhere other people. You don't have to use gloves, I don't think, on the beach, but you must be careful because there are containers that are full of bleach or uh, full of chemicals, often, often, often. Um, so yeah, you do have to be very careful and obviously you have to be careful of broken glass and the fish hooks. And it's funny, you know, when you're working with seaweed and normal natural detritus, something like this is hidden and it's really easy to get um, a fish hook stuck in your finger. You can't even see the fish hook. And then, then you say, oh, there it is. And it's sticking into you. Um, I'm absolutely aghast. We're living through a pandemic and these items that I found have been in people's mouths and they think it's okay to throw them out the window in front of my house. Mm. I mean, it's like a complete madness. And you think, haven't people realized yet what we're doing? It is bonkers. That so, is bonkers. Yep, it's bonkers. Um, so, oh, look at this. It's so sad. Oh, you found at- bags full of people's wallets and things, huh? Mm-hmm. Does that mean it was stolen and thrown in the river? What do you think? <laughs> yeah. uh, some of them, is this someone's it's makeup quite old. Bag? Oh, yeah, it's been lying around. This is someone's precious things, all their glasses and stuff. Um, I've told the police about mo- most things, but I, I gave up. It was wasting their time because there was no DNA on it because that's why it's thrown in the river. Right. Um, but um, uh, interestingly, see here an old iPhone stolen, pr- presumably because it was with the laptop and a jewelry box. This was interesting. This is um, a bit of um, their chaps that you wear riding horses. And I found one on the causeway. And I thought that's a funny thing to leave on the causeway. It must have fallen off someone's Land Rover or their trailer. It was part of a huge load of stolen horse tack that um, the thief drove off with over the bridge um, the night before. And I found the one, this one piece. Um, and I informed the owners, but they didn't come back to get it or anything. But that is a stolen item. It, I think they should have gone down because it possibly could have had some DNA on it, but they didn't, wow. they didn't come to collect it. Yeah, sometimes um, I, sometimes we do find f- like f- wallets or bags like full of cards, but never never any cash. But we always hand it into the police office, and sure. probably someone who just dropped it. I I think not maybe not stolen, but um, you never know. No, no, it'll be stolen. And for instance, this handbag had some business cards in a watch of them. And I rang up the lady and she confirmed it was stolen out of her car, but oh. she didn't want it back. It's actually a really oh. nice handbag. And it's got <laughs> massive pairs of glasses in it, but oh, um, an, a little animal had been living in it. It had been stolen years before, um, so she, she didn't want it back. Um, but yeah, it's been an interesting journey. So um, I've been doing this like as much as I possibly can for three years and keeping records and I'm learning a little bit um, but this is really I'm just a sort of grassroots um, reporter sort of coming back with like this is just what I found and isn't it odd that I'm finding 
so many unopened cans in the sea. Um, I've found things like, oh, full jars of coffee. We've, we've eaten it. We've drunk it. <laughs> People drop their shopping in the water. Um, and I've found oh, a lot of things that um, I've repurposed or given away. Um, so this is just a little tiny bit to show you. Um, well, thank you so much. I'm so glad you're doing what you're doing and documenting and putting it on social media and talking to people like us about what you find. It's all so important for spreading awareness of this huge problem, which is very worldwide. Yeah, so you can, if you go to my blog, it's Sophie Neville, that's S-O-P-H-I-E-N-E-V-I-L-L-E dot -E -E net. And if you go to the writer's blog, um, and I, I am on Twitter as Sophie underscore Neville, and I'm on Facebook, Sophie Neville 3. Um, and you can, I'll report back on what's come in on the latest gale or um, on a movement where in the middle of Keep Britain Tidies, Great British Spring Clean at the moment. Um, and I have links to movements that you can join or how you can get involved. Um, and you can see in my past blog posts um, exactly what I found and when. And um, you can see photographs of the area that people have taken from drones. And um, it's quite interesting. Um, so there's lots of interest. And we're sort of gradually piecing together patterns and um, being able to come to conclusions that I think are really important. Um, for instance, this drink driving, um, the fly tipping that we witness, um, uh, just the sheer amount of um, poisonous substances that are getting into the solent, like these um, fluorescent tubes. Um, I don't have any of the 25 litre cans of bleach here, but I rest assured I do find them. Um, and things like these buckets, I mean, I, these were washed up. That's why I started using a bucket to collect the items because I would find them washed up on the beach. Um, although I bought this purple one. It's a little bit bigger and easier to walk with. Um, but yeah, this is what we're doing. So yeah, um, you can follow me on sophieneville.net and I write about other things like books because I'm an author. But um, I, I keep posting the latest on um, what we're finding in the New Forest National Park. Thank you so much, Sophie. It's been wonderful hearing from you and all your insights about your diligence, not giving up on beach cleaning and litter picking up. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. Keep up the good work. Oh, it's lovely to talk to you and to know that people in Japan care as well. Um, so yeah, let's keep in touch and um, do come back to me at another time. I and, will um, update on, on on what's been happening. <laughs> yeah. It's well, if I if I visit if I visit the UK, I want to come and do mm -hmm. beach cleaning with you. And if you come to Japan, come and do beach cleaning with me. We can make yeah, it part of travel. <laughs> yeah, I've got. Um, I belong to the um, Arthur Ransom Society. We have an Arthur Ransom Club in Japan with about two hundred members. So one day I'd love to get to Japan and maybe give a talk on um, Making of Swallows and Amazons, which is a film that they're all fans of. So one day it would be lovely to come over. I'd really like to come. Um, yeah. And happy 
hoping to give talks and maybe even bring some of this stuff, my little plastic souvenirs. Um, well, your a- your blog and all your photos and all your commentary is is so wonderful and so insightful, and it, it's the kind of information we all need to be aware of. So, thank you so much. Well, yeah, I hope it inspires other people to be solo litter pickers because you can do it by yourself, or you and a friend, or you and a kid. Um, children love it. <laughs> I've I've done some of this with three year olds. They love it. <laughs> We've had great fun. Great. Lovely to see you. Bye. Bye. Have a great day. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Thanks for joining today. What was your favorite part? Why don't you write a question or comment below and I'll reply or I'll get the guests to reply as well. If you liked this video, please think about sharing it, liking, subscribe, comment, join to support the series. I really appreciate your support and your enthusiasm for seeking sustainability wherever you live. And I really hope that this talk show series can give you new ideas, new insights, about innovation and different topics which are connected in some way to creating a better quality of life for people, better quality of environment, and getting enough income and still supporting the economy. I always appreciate the comments and questions, so if you have anything to say, make sure you write it below. I'd love to hear from you. Have a great day. Take care.